Welcome, everybody, to the Aaron's High Cap Adventure Radio Program. My name is Matt, your host. We're going to be here live for the next 58 minutes, and we've got a lot of stuff going on today. We've got a special guest in the studio. I'll introduce him in just a little while. Um, but we're, we're just action-packed here. So things are floating in the air still. It hasn't settled. So if I seem a little... Um, in a disarray, that's, that's the reason why. Ladies and gentlemen, let me get into the highlights of the show today. My CHL segment, like we do every week, and depending on my mood, we'll be going over the use of force definitions and penal code 941 and 942, protection of property and deadly force to protect property. Again, this week I'll go over three more stories from the NRA's American Rifleman's The Armed Citizens column and see what we can learn from those stories. My product spotlight will be another great AR rifle build from Blackjack Firearms. This one's a real nice, pretty one. You'll like to see it on video, and the videos will probably be up or my website. And my gun training demo will be on going over the trigger squeeze when shooting a handgun. You could be doing everything right, but if you screw up the trigger squeeze, you're most likely going to miss your target. So we're going to be talking about that. And finally, this week I've combined my pep section and my topic of interest section for our special guest today, Colonel Hugh D. Shines, currently running for the state legislature. I'm going to be picking his brain and get some really good straight answers. So we're going to be enjoying that. He'll be on for about 30 minutes. So with no further ado, we're going to move right into our CHL segment of the program. Once again, everybody, I am a certified instructor with the state of Texas to teach concealed carry. I've been doing it for quite a long time. I've taught many students, and I've done lots of training prior to becoming a CHL instructor. So I have a lot of tricks up my sleeves that I like to give to the students when we're doing class. But today we're going to be going over the use of force and deadly force and talking about Penal Code 941, protection of one's own property, and Texas Penal Code 942, deadly force to protect property. We'll read some definitions, and I want to show a force gauge. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to show this right now. If, when you watch this on video... You're going to see what I'm holding up here. I have a gauge. It looks like a fuel gauge. And if we simulate where the empty would be on a fuel gauge, it's going to say F for force. And then towards the halfway mark in the middle there, it's going to say reasonable and necessary force. And then all the way to the full side, if you're looking at a gas gauge, we're going to change it and turn it into deadly force. So as you look at me on the screen here, you're going to notice there's many different things you can do in the force level, many different things you can do in the reasonable and necessary force, and there's tons of things you can do in the deadly force. The question is, do we always have to resort to deadly force when regular force could have got the job done? So we'll be talking about that in definitions. And actually, I'm going to start with definitions. I'm going to go to my trusty little book here and read to you the definitions of force, reasonable and necessary force, and deadly force so that we can go further into this topic. The first definition is force, resistance that in its actions alone will not cause death or serious bodily harm. And a quick, clear one would be a verbal command. I would say, stop, don't do that. That is a definition of force. I used force verbally and I got the job done. Let's go to what reasonable and necessary force is. Reasonable and necessary force is the minimum amount of lawful aggression sufficient for self-protection or protection of a third person. Now, if we look back on our little chart here, that little fuel gauge, that's in the middle or the halfway mark, reasonable and necessary force could be like I'm pushing somebody away or I'm restraining them. So it's a little bit more aggressive than a verbal, but it's not quite as much for it as a deadly, deadly force. Now let's move on to deadly force. Deadly force is force that is intended or known by the actor to cause or in the manner of its use or intended use, capable of causing death or serious bodily injury. Now, that could be anything. That could be a pencil in your ear. That could be a bottle across your head. That could be a handgun. It could be a knife. It could be anything. So now that we understand the different levels of force and a few examples of what each one means, we're going to go and read the penal codes 941 and 942. Now, I've only got a five-minute section here, so I'm going to read pretty fast. All right, penal code 941. Protection of one's own property. I'll try to read it slow and clear so that you can make it out because there's a lot of legalese involved in here. All right, here we go. Paragraph A. A person in lawful possession of land or tangible movable property is justified in using force, remember the definition, against another when and to the degree the actor reasonably believes the force is immediately necessary to prevent the other's trespass on the land or unlawful interference with the property. B. A person unlawfully dispossessed of land or tangible, movable property by another is justified in using force against the other 
when and to the degree the actor reasonably believes the force is immediately necessary to re-enter land or recover the property if the actor uses the force immediately or in fresh pursuit after the dispossession and one, the actor reasonably believes the other had no claim of right when he dispossessed the actor or two, the other accomplished the dispossession by using force, threat, or fraud against the actor. Now that was protection of one's own property. Penal Code 941. Let's read Penal Code 942. Deadly force to protect property. And you'll see the difference. A person is justified in using deadly force against another to protect land or tangible movable property. One, if he was justified in using force like we read in Section 941. And two, when to the degree he reasonably believes the deadly force is immediately necessary to A, prevent the other's imminent, it's happening now, commission of arson, burglary, robbery, aggravated robbery, theft during the nighttime, or criminal mischief during the nighttime, or B, to prevent the other who is fleeing immediately after committing burglary, robbery, or aggravated robbery, or theft during the nighttime from escaping with the property. And three, he reasonably believes that A, the land or property cannot be protected or recovered by any other means, or B, the use of force other than deadly force to protect or recover the land or property would expose the actor or another to a substantial risk of death or serious bodily injury. Now, I read this to you. I read force definitions, and I read to you Penal Codes 941 and 942. I have two stories here that I want to show you people are not paying attention. You've got to pay attention. If you're going to carry a handgun concealed or in your home and you're going to use deadly force or whatever with a, with a weapon, you've got to know what you're doing. It can get you in a lot of trouble. I've got this from the Daily Caller. Ohio man charged with manslaughter for shooting burglar. Now remember, reciprocity. Even though you can carry in Ohio, you've got to obey their laws. So if their laws are a little bit different, you've got to make sure you know what you're doing. But David Hillis, 21, has been charged with voluntary manslaughter for shooting a home invader earlier this month, the Plain Dealer Reports, newspaper, I guess. Two men, Marcus Glover, 25, and Terry Tart, 37, broke into a home in Akron about 2 p.m. Hillis was in his home with two other people when the two burglars broke in. The burglars held him at gunpoint, but Hillis pulled out his own gun, and the criminals fled. Danger is over. Criminals fled. Danger's over. They have no property, no nothing. They're just leaving the scene. Hillis chased them into the yard and fired multiple shots. Glover was found dead not far from the home. The charge against Hillis is first-degree felony. And it says here, self-defense is an affirmative defense, but people have a duty to retreat when they're outside the home. Ladies and gentlemen, the law is the law. You just can't do that because it felt good. I totally get it. I totally dig it. I totally understand the anger of somebody. that. But once the danger is over, it's only going to stab you in the back because of the law says, hey, you can't do that. So why let the criminal screw your life up? I'm going to read another story here. Man injured during robbery. This is here in uh, Temple. A Temple resident was injured Friday morning when he tried to stop two men who allegedly stole beer from a convenience store, the Temple Police Department said. The resident, along with another man, chased down the robbers, but violence was used against them. One man received a head injury, and the other also was injured after which the robbers escaped. So, so here they are, they're, they're stealing beer. And you're going to go chase him down, and this is a minor infraction compared to everything else. So you're going to chase these people down, escalate the situation, whereas you could have just called police, call 911, give descriptions of the people who did it, and take care of it that way. The danger has gone. It's over. So you need to learn your definitions. Make sure you don't go beyond those definitions. Otherwise, the law is going to get you. And the last thing you want to do is get screwed around with the law. We're law-abiding citizens. But there's a responsibility. You carry a weapon or you engage somebody, you have to be in the right. Okay, so that's DHL. We also have that class, like I said, on the, tw on the 12th. And we also have a seminar on the 13th that goes over a lot of things in, in much detail. So I'll be talking about that in a little bit. We're going to move on now into our NRA section. This, in this section, I'm going to read to you three stories from the NRA's Armed Citizens page of the American Rifleman. And hopefully from these true stories, we can learn what to do and what not to do and maybe even get a laugh or two in the process. It all depends on the story. And remember, if you're not a member of the NRA, you should join. The more numbers they have, the more they can fight against bad legislation. Okay, story number one. 
This is from January 2001. I've got a lot of American Rifleman magazines. Here's the story. Had Dennis Raymond Ramont respected a court order preventing him from coming within 500 feet of his ex-girlfriend's Kent Washington house, he might still be alive. The document was of little comfort to the woman when he had not only ignored the protection edict, but intentionally set out to do the woman harm. Ramont realized he had made a mistake, however, after arming himself with a butcher knife and forcing his way into her home, the woman had company, and he was a force to be reckoned with. When the man's licensed firearm rang out, Ramont's reign of terror was halted permanently. Now, my commentary. Number one, a piece of paper, a court order, or any gun law will not stop someone from trying to hurt you if they are determined to do so, ladies and gentlemen. So I... I have no comfort with a court order. Two, again, don't bring a knife to a gunfight. And three, the boyfriend defended his woman. Here in Texas, that would fall under Penal Code 932, um, deadly force in defense of a person. Story number two, again from January 2001. When Joe Clark noticed several youths attempting to steal his Ford Bronco early in the morning, he knew time was of the essence. Grabbing his forty-five caliber handgun, a naked Clark ran to his vehicle. I thought that grabbing my pants isn't going to save my life. My gun is, he commented later. Given Clark's Fu Manchu-style mustache, myriad piercings and tattoos imprinted on his body, the forward township Pennsylvania resident and proprietor of Tattoos by Booney Joe must have appeared quite the terror to the gang. The cops said they never saw a kid so scared in their life, said Clark, of the suspects who were quickly apprehended. Okay, that was pretty funny. Here's my commentary. I can't agree more. Two or three times, I have, in, I have investigated in the buff. There is a, a price for sleeping comfortably, if you know what I mean. And that is the defending of yourself, your property, and sometimes it's without pants. So I can totally relate to this story. Now, if this happened in Texas, it would be covered under Penal Code 9.42, deadly force to protect the property. Okay, story number three. Again, January 2001. The rhythmic pounding of an evening job gave way to a pulse-pounding life-or-death struggle for a Tucson, Arizona man who found himself the prey of a nefarious duo. As the resident jogged down a city street, two men, one armed with a five-inch knife, approached from behind and commenced an attack, according to the police. After the knife-wielding assailant shouted a threat, the jogger fired his 9mm handgun. One assailant ended up at the local hospital while the other was treated... To stay in the uh, treated to a stay in the Pima County Jail, the victim later stated, at some point in their lives, people get involved in a violent situation. I figured it was bound to happen at some point. That's why I got a gun permit. Amen, brother. Here's my commentary. One, stupid move to attack someone in Arizona with a knife. Arizona's a big open carry state. Two, what the victim stated, I've been teaching for years. At some point, you are going to be assaulted. To what extent is unknown, but it will happen. So get prepared now, not when it's too late, ladies and gentlemen. That's why I teach these classes. Once again, class December 12th at the CHL class. It's 2.30. You can sign up on, this, on the website, aaronsgunshop.com. And on the 13th, we have a all-day um, co-ed home defense and self-defense seminar action-packed. So you can go to the website and check that out. I'll be talking about it a little bit later, too. But right now, what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a one-minute break, and when we come back, I'm going to introduce to you our special guest, Hugh Shine, and we're going to have a nice conversation with him and see what's going on in his world. So we'll be back in just a minute. Aaron's Gun Shop and High Cap Adventures. If you've decided to carry a handgun for self-defense, you better know what you're doing. If you don't, you better learn fast. Not only fast, but thoroughly. Aaron's Gun Shop and High Cap Adventures fills the void between a Johnny wannabe and a person who has been properly trained in the proper handling and use of a firearm. Call me, Matt Betros, at 254-697-4721 or email me at aaronsgunshop at gmail.com and set up a class or seminar to get you started on the road to proficiency with a firearm for self-defense. Go to our website, aaronsgunshop.com, and review the High Cap Adventures page. We have seminars to cover most forms of firearms training. Call 254-697-4721 or email me at aaronsgunshop at gmail.com to get more information on how to get started with your training. The time for games is over. Reality starts now. aaronsgunshop.com 
Welcome back, everybody, to the Aaron's High Cap Adventure Radio Program. I'm Matt, your host, and we are here in live in the studio. And I didn't give the numbers out, but the number here to the studio is 254-773-1400. If you want to contact me via email, it's aaronsgunshop at gmail.com, or you can go directly to the website at aaronsgunshop.com. Sitting to my left here, when you see it on video, will be Hugh Shine. Hugh, welcome to the studio and to Thank the show. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We, Am I, I'm live. Yeah, there we go. I'm live. Okay. Uh, thank you for inviting me, Matt. And it's certainly see you, good to see you again. By, by the way, folks, uh, uh, Matt uh, is one of the best uh, instructors I've ever had. I had 30 years in the military. And when I decided to get my CHP, uh, Matt was the one at his uh, uh, facility that uh, I got my instruction, and it was great. You did a good job. And I like to go back and visit every now and then, too. Disclosure, disclosure, disclosure. I did not pay for that. <laughs> oh, I know that. I know that. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Hugh, I got you on here, and I always ask my guests to give me a bio. I want to read uh, to everybody all the special things that you've done, who you are, in case some people don't know. I know lots of people out there know who you are, but for those who are just listening may not know who you are, I want to introduce you formally. And so I'm going to read this quick little bio here, okay. and then we'll get into what we're going to talk about. Former state representative and retired U.S. Army Colonel Hugh D. Shine is once again offering his candidacy for state legislature seeking the nomination in March 2016 Republican primary. Shine is seeking the seat he held 30 years ago as the representative for the Greater Temple Belton area. Returning to the legislature, Shine will retain his senior status from his previous service. I have always believed... The next, that next to faith and family, serving your country and serving your community is the highest calling, Shine said. And I can't agree more. Absolutely. Well, I've took an oath. What's the purpose? You know, you got to think about what, what are you here for? you got to do something, right? That's right. Okay. Hugh Shine was born in Houston and grew up in Navasota, Texas, on his family's farm in the community of Lynn Grove. He attended Sam Houston State University on a U.S. Army ROTC scholarship, graduated with a bachelor's degree in business administration, and was commissioned second lieutenant. He served six years in active duty and another 24 years in the Texas Army National Guard. Shine completed 30 years of military service, received a master's degree in strategic studies from the U.S. Army War College, was a master Army Army aviator, and retired at the rank of colonel after commanding the 49th Armored Division's Aviation Brigade. Shortly after leaving active duty, Shine began his 33-year financial services career in Temple and continues to serve clients in Central Texas as a financial advisor and branch manager. Shine's first experience in public office occurred when he was elected to the Temple City Commission where he served as mayor pro tem. He followed that up with three terms of the Texas legislature as the first Republican to represent Bell County as state rep since the Civil War. During those terms, Shine was appointed by President Ronald Reagan to serve on his Intergovernmental Advisory Committee on Education in Washington, D.C. President George Bush, number 41, reappointed Shine to the committee for an additional two years in 1988. Upon leaving public office in 1991, Shine continued building his financial services career, completed a master's in business administration at Baylor University, and graduated and a graduate certificate from Executive Education Program at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School of Business and continued his career in the Texas Army National Guard. Shine has continued his public service over the last 20 years, serving the Temple community in different capacities as a board member and chairman of municipal boards, commissions, and the Temple Chamber of Commerce. Hugh D. Shine's public service record combined with successful municipal and legislative experience marks him as a proven leader ready to serve out our next state representative in District 55. So with your support, you shine will bring effective leadership and service to the residents of Temple, Belton, Morgan's Point, Troy, Little River Academy, Rogers, Holland, Bartlett, portions of Colleen Fort Hood, and East Bell County. That's a lot of stuff you've done there, Hugh. Well, I've been blessed, uh, Matt. Uh, the Lord has blessed me with a wonderful life, and uh, we can say thank you uh, for lots of things, but deep down, there's a great deal of gratitude, uh, and I am grateful for the life that uh, uh, the Lord has given me. That's an awesome attitude to have. I've known you for a while now, and I, I, we were having a conversation before everybody, and people are asking, well, well what does this do with the, this kind of radio show? It has a lot to do with this radio show. You've got to be prepared, and being prepared is finding people who you can trust. Okay, If you can find a network of people that you trust and count on, you can build uh, stronger pillars in society. So Hugh is one of those types of people. He, he is proven to be reliable, uh, moral, ethical, the whole works. And I, and I know him 
and I'm proud to know him. But he, I've got you on here because I wanted to talk about a few things. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world, and I've got a cheat sheet here of the things we're going to talk about. But one of the main primary things I want to go over, and I want your opinion on, are borders and immigration. I've got all these articles here that I was showing you earlier. I've got a picture here of all these leaders. Leaders gathered to save the planet from climate change. What a crock. I mean, we got so many other problems, and here they're eating lunch and talking about how the world changes in climate. It's been doing that since the beginning. Then I got a picture here of a crowd of people killing a couple of people who are gay. And this is in Syria. And it says, gays under the Islamic State control live in state of fear. And we're letting people like that come through our borders because there's no really good check. And don't be fooled at what you hear, that they've got this great checking process. People are coming through all sorts of different ways. I think, Hugh, you're going to be touching on that, too. I've got another one here, another article that says, Bell creating, and that's not the one I wanted, but Texas sues feds to keep Syrian refugees out. Then we've got the president here stating that he does not believe there's divides between... um, law enforcement and the public. Well, there is. There's definitely, because I talked to enough people. So I've got all these different articles and I'm looking at the craziness in the world and I'm asking you, a person with common sense, a person who's going to be elected into office, a person who has the potential power to pull strings and guide things in a direction that's common sense for everybody, talk to me. Give me your thoughts on everything I'm gibbering about. Well, first let me just say that the American public is angry about the lack of leadership that we have in Washington, D.C. And that is such a redundant statement because I hear that constantly from folks. You and I have talked about that as well. Uh, and the anger has just, the crescendo of that anger has just grown. And we're at a point right now with a presidential election coming up where uh, it is peaking and people are so angry that a lot of things are not being considered. We're a nation of laws and not of men. We have laws to protect Americans. We're just not enforcing some That's of right. those laws. We're not following through. I applaud Governor Abbott uh, for the work that he's doing uh, and carrying on from, from Governor Rick Perry of having National Guard troops on our border. Uh, this is something that the National Guard has done for quite a few years. This is not something new that just started in 2001 or three or whenever it started making headlines in the newspaper We've had National Guard troops doing different missions along the border and across the state of Texas. As an aviator uh, and as a uh, commander of units in the National Guard, I have flown the border. I have flown drug interdiction missions. I have performed Green Thunder missions. I've been on the front line with men and women who have been performing those duties along with law enforcement. Now, I I, I know each person that I'm sure that you're associated with does their jobs in excellent manners. But when you look at the overall picture, is it... Is the people who get to pull the strings, the ones who call the shots, are, are they having you do uh, make work? Or are we actually getting somewhere, achieving a goal with all this? Well, you know, national guards. Down well, you, you, we've got we've got an issue that we're 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 trying to fulfill a vacuum that was created by the federal government by not doing their job. And uh, yes, I, I I would say that there are things that need to be done to improve the process. There's no question about it. That should be a continuous process of always trying to improve what we are doing, protecting the borders. Uh, it's, it's, it, you don't just come up with a plan and you work the plan and not modify the plan as you go along. Things change. And as things change, you've got to be able to change your how you respond to those changes as well. Okay, So we're on the border with Texas National Guard troops because the federal government is failing to do its job. Why are they failing? That's, that's Well, the I, I think it's twofold. Uh, I think that, uh, number one, uh, people are saying, well, it's because if we allow people to come across the border, it gives businesses uh, cheap labor. Uh, there are those on the political side that if we allow people to come to, across the border and they assimilate somehow or another within uh, our culture and our society, that they ultimately will be voters and they'll probably be Democrat voters. I, I, I believe that very much. Yeah. I, I know that sounds conspiratorial, but it's true. That's what ends up happening. Now, the other part about cheap labor, to me, I, I don't want to, this is a hard word to say, but that's sordid game. I'm here, we have a country, it's collapsing. It's falling apart. It's porous all over the place. 
people say, what are you going to do about all these guns? First thing you can do is close the borders. Because you've got crazy people, and we've been noticing, I mean, don't it's not a white person doing it. It's a radical Islamic individual causing all these problems that you see in the news. So they're coming through the borders. We shut the borders. Why aren't they doing it? It drives me nuts. Uh, it's a very complicated issue. I'm that. sure it is. It's a very <laughs> complicated issue. Uh, uh, but I want to point out, too, it's... We've got to we've got to secure the borders. There's no question about that. Okay, but we also have other issues inside the country. What are we going to do with all the people that are already here? Yes. Okay, and that's where this thing is getting bogged down because you've got a political discussion going on, a political debate that's going on that some people on one side of the aisle want to secure the border, seal it off immediately. And not and it's not and not address what we're going to do with the people here. Some people want to just ship everybody out. Uh, Donald Trump, who's running for president, wants to load everybody up, ship them all out. And then you got another contingency in the process that says that's impossible. You can't do that. This is a debate going on at the federal level. Uh, the states are kind of bystanders in, in some, except for Texas, we are taking some action on our own, but we cannot. We cannot run the federal government, but we can certainly try to influence some of their decisions. Well, let me ask your opinion. My, my opinion is this. Shut the borders immediately. Do a pause, yeah, like they said. Exactly. And then figure it out. But while we're right. debating while we're ba- debating about what to do with these people who are already in there, they're still coming through the border. And I, I'm not stupid. I realize once they're here, it's going to be almost impossible to get the bad ones out. I mean, if I was an immigrant, I want to come here too, but there's certain ways you got to do it. So we've got to shut these borders, figure out what they're going to do, but they continue to let it open. That's why I was asking that question. You've got to set priorities. You've got to set priorities. The first priority is what you just said, seal the border. Then you establish what the second and third and fourth priorities are supposed to be, and that's dealing with those who are already here. It's, 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 to me, it's an, I, I can't imagine people that have been here that have committed crimes that we've that we've allowed them to get away with all the crimes they've committed. California, for example, the the killing of that woman in San Francisco. That's right. Uh, it, but I'm more concerned about something else too. I'm concerned about those people infiltrating the the illegals coming across who are looking for a better life. I'm concerned about the illegals coming across who want to affect our lives from more of a jihad or yes. a, a terrorist standpoint and they're coming across with them and there's and they're and they're trying to hide in that influx that's coming across that's why it's 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 got to be a priority let me ask you this i'm i'm not a talking head i'm a plain guy on the street a normal guy like a million other guys okay what when you get elected see how i said when you get elected <laughs> when you get elected what can you do what power do you have one person how do you affect potential change what what should people expect that you can do to help maybe solve this problem and put your input into it well i would hope that people would expect keep in mind you've got one member out of 150 but right. hope there would be a majority of members of the legislature who will be working with the governor not only to continue to do what we're doing to try to seal off our border from a state perspective but we will continue to challenge the federal government and not fulfilling its responsibilities in creating the vacuum that we have in leadership and then get our congressmen we have I think 36 congressmen in Texas that are in Washington, D.C., and those individuals need to be leading the charge, along with those in New Mexico and Arizona and California, to get the federal government to do its job. Yes, sir. They've got to do it. So would you say that a major portion of your position, the duties in your position, is to be able to network, to get people to think alike? to move a one unit as compared to individual units that want their own... Yeah, individual units will never get anything comp- accomplished Yeah, we talked all. about that. Explain Yeah, it. you'll never get anything accomplished. There's got to be a concerted effort among leadership at a number of different levels who all believe that we've got to resolve the problem, and they've got to work together, and they've got to put their personal feeling, they got to put their personal agendas aside and say, what is the most important thing? You know, when I took the oath uh, and was commissioned a lieutenant in the Army, my oath was to defend and protect the Constitution of the United States. When I joined the National Guard, I took the oath to support and defend the Constitution of the state of Texas. Well, I take that seriously. 
And, you know, when you took that oath in uniform, when you get out of that uniform, I've said this many times, the oath doesn't change. The I don't care if change. you're oath, if you're in a uniform or not. You, you swore an oath to that. It's like, come on, you know, law enforcement, uh, military. I don't care if you stop wearing your badge or uniform. You still took an oath. Stick you don't it. turn it on and turn it off right. like a light switch. That's right. It's a, it's a concept. It's an idea. It's a daring thing to your heart. Okay. Um, I kind of got sidetracked there. You were, we were talking about how when you're in your position, how you're an influencer. Why would somebody not in a position of power like yourself in another district, why would they want to be more of a personal gain? I mean, why, why can't they see the picture of being united and protecting the goose that legs the golden egg? It's like they're killing the goose. Now, I, I hate to answer the question with this, but it has a lot to do with politics. Okay. Uh, Texas, would you believe that we have sanctuary cities in Texas? Yeah, we need to stop that. We right? need to stop that. We do not need to have sanctuary cities, period, much less have them in Texas. Okay? Uh, and that's, I mean, there's there's lots of beginnings that we need to start addressing. Fortunately, uh, the governor, fortunately, we have started to pursue some of those things. We just need to continue to pursue them as aggressively as we have pursued a lot of other issues in the past to try to come up with uh, with a resolve. And we keep debating this thing. We keep talking about it. And it doesn't seem like we get anywhere. But we got to resolve this one because it's gone beyond just people coming to the United States seeking jobs and a better life. It has evolved now to where we are having illegals coming in here that can threaten our way of life. That's right. That has taken a higher priority. That's got to cease and desist immediately. And ladies and gentlemen, if you don't think that it's going to happen sometime around here in a much bigger way, in a more often way, uh, you're kidding yourself. It's coming. We're at the peak of the way it hasn't even gotten here yet, so be prepared for that. But I'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick one-minute break, and when we come back, I'm going to give you some ideas what's coming up um, in the near future, and then we're going to talk again some more with uh, Mr. Sh- um, Hugh Shine here, and we'll finish up the show as we go along. So we'll come back in just another minute. Aaron's Gun Shop and High Cap Adventures. If you've decided to carry a handgun for self-defense, you better know what you're doing. If you don't, you better learn fast. Not only fast, but thoroughly. Aaron's Gun Shop and High Cap Adventures fills the void between a Johnny wannabe and a person who has been properly trained in the proper handling and use of a firearm. Call me, Matt Petros, at 254-697-4721 or email me at aaronsgunshop at gmail.com and set up a class or seminar to get you started on the road to proficiency with a firearm for self-defense. Go to our website, aaronsgunshop.com, and review the High Cap Adventures page. We have seminars to cover most forms of firearms training. Call 254-697-4721 or email me at aaronsgunshop at gmail.com to get more information on how to get started with your training. The time for games is over. Reality starts now. Aaronsgunshop.com Welcome back, everybody, to the Aaron's High Cap Adventure Radio Program. Okay, with that, we're going to come back now to our special guest, Hugh Shine. And, Hugh, we left off with topics that were uh, um, irritating me. Now I'd like to talk about some things that are on your mind, your um, radar, of things that you'd like to talk about. What do you have going on? What things have you done in your career, and what things will you be doing now when you get elected? Well, you can. we can always talk about things that I accomplished when I was in the legislature before, but uh, I, what I'd like to talk about is today, because if I'm successful and I become the uh, representative for our area, we have some very important issues we have to address. The most important thing the legislature is charged every year is to balance the budget. And, and education is another critical issue. We have to have a balanced budget in the state. Uh I have seen over the years how the legislature has, through smoke and mirrors, done different things to try to make that balance work. We need to apply some real standard basic accounting principles to make sure that the budget is truly balanced, like it's supposed to be, uh, matching revenues and spending. Why okay. Why is it altered all the time? I mean, we talked, about what? This, we talked about this in the earlier segment, how why, why don't people do what they're supposed to do? Why are there smoke and mirrors when it comes to this? <laughs> because it's, it's, the key it's word politics. politics. Okay. It's politics, Matt. And, and you have 
people who serve in the legislature for lots of different reasons. Okay, some are there for genuine, and the vast majority really and truly are there uh, to make this a better state and do the right thing for the communities. Okay, but you also have those who are there who have an agenda uh, that, uh, and and let's face it. Texas is a broad, vast state. You've got different needs in our large metropolitan areas. We've got different needs in our rural areas. Uh, and there's uh, we're so large and so big, which is great. Okay, I don't want to change any of that. Sure. Uh, but water, for example, we're we're blessed in Central Texas with with the water resources that we have. So San Antonio and Austin would like to put a straw. Yeah, uh, right. in, in our lakes. In fact, Georgetown already has a pipeline to Stillhouse or in, in the process of that. Uh, there's, there's lots of eyes looking at our water resources. I want to give credit to someone locally, and that's Dirk Aaron, who is uh, our director for our Clearwater uh, Water District. Uh, those people there in that organization understand the importance. You may not realize this, but if you own property, the water underground is, a right, is yours. Yes. But if it's surface water, it belongs to the state. Now, issues, this is how fluid issues can be, and I, that's no pun intended using the word yeah, fluid, sure, okay? okay. <laughs> if you have surface water that somehow becomes groundwater, then that surface water that was state water now becomes private water if, it's, if, it's, if it finds itself uh, Are you talking like tanks on people's properties? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and, and if you have underground water, and somehow it becomes surface water, then you've got to change in ownership again. You can't just tag water when it's surface and it goes and it goes underground and says, "Well, now that's that's mine." So if I have a well and it's underground, it's mine. It's yours. But as soon as it comes out the faucet, it's theirs. When you put it in the trough for your cattle, surface water. Uh. I'm sure that there's an attorney that that's that's out there that can draw some some uh, uh, different perspective in that. But if you have a stock tank. And you have surface water there. For example, when I was in the Guard and we were fighting fires out in East Texas or West Texas, mm-hmm. and we had these huge buckets that we would carry under the helicopters, we used whatever available surface water that was out there to fight those fires because the water belonged to the state. I understood. Okay. Okay? I, I got you. Uh, so water is a very important. But the budget, the education, water, of course, is a very important issue. Um We've got to address roads and bridges in Texas. Uh, we have a huge network of highways in this state. And we build about a 1,000 miles of new road. But the money that we spend has so much more to do with maintaining what we have. Okay, uh, And then we've got to look at how uh, we our economic conditions in this state. We want to continue to make Texas attractive uh, for business to come to so that our kids, our grandkids are able to uh, have their lives here their, and, and find jobs here and be able to to remain Texans if they want to sure. be. Uh, I can honestly say I've never resided as a resident anywhere, but Texas has always been my home of record, even in my military service. I've always been a Texan. Well, even though great. I may have served overseas or lots of other places, Texas has always been my, my home of record. So you know it pretty well, so you can do your uh, – when you get in position – to help the people, you you know everybody's basic needs, which is very helpful when it comes to Matt. I have spent time in West Texas. I've spent time in East Texas. I have flown the entire Texas border from El Paso all the way around uh, along the coast, all the way up the the east side of the uh, the state, across the north side of the state, the Red River, all the way to Wichita Falls, back up. The only part that I haven't flown very much of was the Panhandle, and all of that was done in the performance of duties and responsibilities that I had previously, and. We have a very diverse culture in this state and lots of different needs. And you've got to understand what those needs are. And you've got to be able to interact with those people. And that's a, and, that's a very good us. point because if you start making decisions based on one aspect and not pay attention to somebody else, you, you get animosity there. But if somebody sees the whole landscape and say, well, we, we can try this, but it's not going to work there, so we have to adjust it so it works for the common uh, A very everybody. good example is public education. Now, I, I support homeschools. I support private schools. I, I believe that those things are, are very important for us because of local control and those types of issues. But let me just take public education, for example. All right. Large school districts, Dallas, Houston, Austin, San Antonio, El Paso, 
totally different financial aspects to run in those districts than it is at Little River Academy right. or Holland sure. or or Winters, Texas, or 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 um, out, uh, or going, getting out to Pecos, Texas, those kind of places. I mean, there are some kids that have, there's only one school district in the entire county. We have nine in Bell County. Some counties only have one school district. Some kids have to get on the bus at 6 o'clock in the morning and ride 60 to 65 miles for class. Wow. I mean, so you've got all of that diverse need that needs to be addressed with a different mindset. A, a cookie cutter doesn't fulfill the responsibilities that we have across the state. That mindset has to be uh, taken uh, in the legislature with all the members that, hey, we have a much broader uh, base to consider than just our own little turf as well. Sure, we want to protect our districts. We want to represent our districts. But we got to think about what's the best thing for Texas, too, as well. I'm very keen on this, too. I don't just want one or two people doing something. In your estimation, what can the people out there listening do to aid and help based on all the information that you have and the knowledge that you have and the wisdom that you have? What could you tell people out there to do to aid in the benefit of the state in all aspects? Well, number one, not to be apathetic when it comes to voting. Absolutely. That's very important. Uh, Folks, if you're not registered to vote, you need to be registered to vote. And you want to make sure that you send people to represent you who have the credentials, who have the experience to help make wise decisions or best decisions, who have the ability to work on both sides of the aisle. There needs to be something called mutual respect. You know, there are a lot of members in the, in the legislature that you will never vote the same way with. But you don't polarize yourself or ostracize yourself with that membership because they may need you and you may need them on something that you both can work together on. That's right. So you have to have mutual respect. You can still vote against each other. But you, but if you have that mutual respect, when you come to an issue where you need them to help you or they need you to help them, you have the willingness, you have the relationship that you can step up and do it for the good of the folks in the state of Texas. That's critically important, and 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 that that yeah, has was, to happen. Respect is critical in every aspect. When it comes to just talking to one other human being or a group of people or in politics or law enforcement to a to a traffic stop and the, and the driver of the car talking to the police officer there's respect everywhere you go there must be respect and that's exactly. one of, and that's one of the things that we're losing here because we are becoming polarized so well and, one, and there's one other place uh, one other issue and that's leadership uh leadership is uh uh critical a, a critical uh, you look at any organization you look at where we are as a nation we have a vacuum at the federal level because we have a lack of leadership you look at states that are having lots of problems chicago there's a leadership problem with the mayor in Chicago. I mean, who would have ever thought after be after Rahm Emanuel being chief of staff uh, and 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 all the the accolades he was getting out of Washington would have the issues that he's got in Chicago? But the real problem there is you have a void in leadership. We can go across the country and look at those places that have vacuums, and it's a leadership issue. You can apply it to the corporate arena of businesses that That's succeed right. and fail. You can. Look at military units that have been successful on the battlefield versus those that have not been successful on the battlefield. It was always the leadership that made the difference. I read this some time ago, and it has not failed me yet. Success depends, rises or falls, on leadership. If you don't have a good leader, the ship sinks. You got a good leader, you got good sailing. You'll have bumps in the the road, but it all it all depends on leadership. You got to know how to lead, and we do. We have major vacancies when it comes to that. So that's why it's so important, ladies and gentlemen, to be aware, be alert, be uh, learned on certain topics. Don't just don't vote somebody in. Understand them, or if you're a person who can become a leader, rise up and do something. Just don't sit there. I'm, I'm always talking about three different types of people. You, it's you're either informed, and there's two parts to informed. Part A is you're informed, but you still sit on the couch and don't do anything. Part B is you're informed and you go out and do something positive. The other one, number two, is ignorant. Uh, I can deal with ignorance because you're just you're just not aware. I'll teach you. Or you got number three, it's idiot. I don't want to deal with an idiot because it's impossible. So that's my I cube quotient. I cube the three eyes. Are you informed? Are you ignorant? Or are you an idiot? So hopefully everybody out there will become informed and an active participant in life. 
You were running down on time. Okay. You got about another minute here. Tell me, tell me what you want to say to the people out there. What's on your mind? You got the last minute. Well, thank you very much. I just want the folks out there to know that I would consider it to be an honor and a privilege to be the state representative in this area again. I would uh, I would take my experience in the military of 30 years, my business experience for over 30 years. I keep my seniority if I go back to the legislature from when I was there before. That will put me in a position to be able to uh, really be a part of uh, making things happen for the, that on the good side for the state, whether it's education, whether it's water issues, whether it's highway issues. Uh, taking and that experience and that leadership and standing up for the people here in the district and representing my district. I go. I would go down there. I'm representing the people in Bell County. That's my first priority. And representing the people of the state of Texas falls right behind it. But my first priority is to represent those men and women here that vote in this district, that want someone to represent them to provide the leadership that they expect to have in Austin, who has the credibility, who has the experience, and... Uh, that's exactly what I want to, folks to know about me, and and they're welcome to give me a call, visit our website, our Facebook page, any of those things, uh, to if they want to know more about my background and more about what I stand for. Well, the most important thing, next to faith and family, serving your country is the most important mission that we have in life, and my faith is extremely important to me. I've known you for a while, and you haven't wavered. And um, good luck to you in all thank that you, you do, and hopefully everything will work out the way we're planning it. And I uh, just thank you again for coming on the show. But what we're going to do right now, uh, Paul, we're going to take a quick one-minute break. And when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be doing a gun demonstration for Blackjack Firearms. So we'll see you on the other side. Thank you. Aaron's Gun Shop and High Cap Adventures. If you've decided to carry a handgun for self-defense, you better know what you're doing. If you don't, you better learn fast. Not only fast, but thoroughly. Aaron's Gun Shop and High Cap Adventures fills the void between a Johnny wannabe and a person who has been properly trained in the proper handling and use of a firearm. Call me, Matt Betros, at 254-697-4721 or email me at aaronsgunshop at gmail.com and set up a class or seminar to get you started on the road to proficiency with a firearm for self-defense. Go to our website, aaronsgunshop.com, and review the High Cap Adventures page. We have seminars to cover most forms of firearms training. Call 254-697-4721 or email me at aaronsgunshop at gmail.com to get more information on how to get started with your training. The time for games is over. Reality starts now. aaronsgunshop.com Welcome back, everybody, to the Aaron's High Cap Adventure Radio Program. We just left with um, Hugh Shine. Great guy. Right now, we're going to be doing our... Uh, Product demo, and that is from Blackjack Firearms. What I have here, you'll be seeing this video probably, like I said, money, but what I have in my hand here is a R1556 UBR from Blackjack Firearms. And what the first thing we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, like I always ask you, is what's the first thing we do when we get a firearm? We're going to check to make sure that it's not loaded, right? So we're going to take the magazine out of the, the weapon. The magazine is clear. The bolt is to the rear. I'm checking the chamber. The chamber is clear. And the weapon is now on safe. Okay, I'm going to put this in for aesthetics. Blackjack Firearms has made me a handful of guns, specifically to my desires, and I love every one of them. What's nice about it is they talk to you. You just say, hey, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. This is what I'm thinking of getting. This is what I'm going to use it for. And because of their experience in building the guns, they can say, well, you might want to try this, or have you thought about that? And so, like I've always said, they're like a restaurant that has a major menu with different things you can pick from. Well, there are things that you can pick from are gun parts, gun barrels, um, receivers, magazines, accessories, all sorts of things. So what we have here is the R1556 UBR. So I'm going to read a card here that explains it all. This Blackjack Firearms rifle comes with the standard nickel boron bolt carrier group plus Magpul UBR stock, which I'll explain in a minute, a stainless steel barrel, a two-stage trigger set, a nickel boron coated upper, and a UTG free float forearm. It's nice. The stock that he's talking about here, the Magpul stock, UBR stock, it's the most expensive stock in the line because, one, it's one of the most sturdy stocks, solid as a rock. It's almost like having a standard stock. However, you are able to adjust it. And looking on the video here, it's almost the same way when it comes to release point of 
releasing a collapsible stock, it's a little trigger mechanism. You pull the trigger, and the stock is able to adjust for you. But what's nice about this particular stock, once you get it to the position that is comfortable for you, you can lock that position so that when you go to collapse the stock in its natural position, if you ever need the stock again, you don't have to worry about, hey, where's that position that works best for me? It automatically locks into the position you preset. On the sides of this stock, there are compartments. I kind of like this a lot because you can use it for extra batteries, uh, cleaning, one of those snake bore cleaners, um, bulbs, whatever you think is necessary, a little tobacco if you want to put it in there. But on either side, it's got two hinge plates, or you can just take them off if you don't want to have those compartments to lighten it up or, or if you just don't like the way it looks. But it's a very good, solid stock. Also, on this rifle, we have an extension on the charging handle, which comes in pretty handy if you've got optics on your weapon. The extension sticks out probably about an inch, inch and a half. It allows you to have access to it so you can just pull it instead of having to sneak underneath your optics and trying to grab hold of your charging handle. I've told you this before on the guns that I have with Picatinny rails. It's one long Picatinny rail all the way at the top. And Picatinny comes from the, ter- the Picatinny arsenal. They came up with the design on how to put equipment on a gun so that it would be standard on every gun. So they call it a Picatinny rail. But sometimes you have separations in them. I don't like separations. I want one complete long Picatinny rail from front to back. Also, this is a key mod type of uh, free-floating handguard. It's a lot slicker, thinner smaller, less bulky, and you can attach things to it if you want to. The stainless steel barrel is very nice. Dissipates heat, I believe he said it was. We've got the flash hider on here. Then they come in many different configurations. You can pick what you want. And it comes with a Gen 3 Magpul magazine. It's got the window in it so you can see your round count. And the trigger. The trigger on this thing is incredible. I had him put it in a bunch of mine, too. It takes out a lot of slop. It's a nice, clean break on the gun. This gun here, if you go to buy this gun the way it is, and it comes with a Hogue Rugger finger groove grip, is for thirteen seventy-five plus tax, of course. So if you're looking to get a beauty like this one, check out bjfirearms.biz. Check out their website. See what they've got to offer. And it's Blackjack Firearms. John Ferguson and his partner, Stephen, they do a great job there. They'll be able to make whatever you want. So give them a... Give them a look-see on bjfirearms.biz. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. As always, keep your powder dry, and God bless.